Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Hey everybody, it's Jim Johnson, your host here at Contractor Radio and head coach at Contractor Coach Pro. So happy to have you guys on board today. Uh, we have a very special episode for you. Uh, my two guests are near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about something that uh, might make people a bit uncomfortable. Uh, we tend to see things from the sunny side uh, most of the time. So many of us are eternal optimists. We search out those things that seem to be successful so we can maybe follow that track. But very rarely are people vulnerable enough to talk about their failures. And uh, we want to talk about that concept a little bit and why so many people have a, a tough time achieving their dreams. And uh, I got two guys on here that I think are going to be uber helpful to making sure that we can uh, deliver some good content for you today, something that you're going to be interested in, want to pay attention to. And uh, as always, our main goal is to help you get control of your business so you can grow your business and achieve personal and financial freedom. Today, we're going to talk about some tough subjects. The two guys that I'm bringing on, um, I have a feeling we won't all share the same opinions. There'll be some challenge. Uh, some a uh, little bit of fight back with each one of us, but uh, I think it'll be something that you enjoy. And it's one of those topics that's just kind of near and dear to my heart because I really struggle at watching people um, not achieve what it is they're after, their goals, their dreams, uh, even some of the smaller things. And so we're going to talk about that today with uh, our superstars, Nathan Thibodeau. Good afternoon. And John Townsend. Welcome aboard, guys. Hey. Happy Monday, fellas. Glad to be here. So for those of you that don't know, um, our longtime listeners, uh, no-time callers, um, we have uh, two of our coaches here. Uh, Nathan uh, being my right-hand man and and really the true head coach here at Contractor Coach Pro. And uh, we have John, one of our other head coaches here at Contractor Coach Pro. New addition, but an awesome addition. Fits culture. And uh, uh, we've all, I would think, have experienced some failure. Have you guys felt that in your lives? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, so I'll throw myself out there first. Um, I can think of some pretty big ones. Um, I went through a divorce. Um, you know, I, I had a kid and those things were tough and and as life has gone on, I thought about why that failed a lot and came to some realizations that has made my second marriage much better uh, through setting expectations, growing up a little bit, um, and, and really putting somebody else first other than myself. Mm. Um, I've had some bad uh, business decisions, uh, becoming partners with people I shouldn't have. Uh, chasing shiny objects too quickly, having a bookkeeper steal 538 grand from my business, 
Um, I've actually filed bankruptcy in my life. So uh, I'm being vulnerable here. Uh, I think a lot of people look at us hosts or gurus or whatever you call us, uh, personalities, I hate the term influencers, um, as like we all have the world by the tail, but it's not the truth. We've all experienced failure. Um, Nathan, how about you? Anything come to mind that like, that's where, that's where I really messed up? Um, I too have gone through a divorce and I would say that's probably one of, um, probably one of the most impactful, um, failures in my life is, you know, that, that marriage, not, not working in, in, in that way. That was, that was pretty heavy. Um, I haven't experienced a whole lot in the way of business failures per se. Um, I've, I've, I've worked at a number of different places. Um, I think that some of the, some of the other areas of failure in my life sometimes were a failure of character, not doing the right thing, um, when I should have, uh, you know, and I've definitely failed, you know, to hit certain people's expectations before, um, I have failed to hit certain numbers or to accomplish certain things in a certain amount of time. Uh, I've failed, uh, gosh, I've failed in leadership, um, in setting an example with my attitude, my actions. Um, I've, I've, I've experienced, uh, a certain amount of that. And I think it's a, it's a relative thing too. Um, you know, I mean, uh, people who experience failure means something different to a lot of different people based on what you've experienced, you know? I think, I think, we, and you tell me, would that failure seem more impactful to us internally or to that, or do we, or do others perceive that failure bigger in us? I'm not sure I understood the... the so, so you fail at something, whatever sure. that is. Is it a bigger deal to you, to you or is it a bigger deal to the impacted party? Oh, man. I think that that uh, that depends on the type of failure and who's involved in it. You know, some people might look at a bankruptcy and go, man, that's, cra- that's crazy. Just a wild failure, you know, and you having gone through, you might look at it and go... You know, it wasn't great, and I'm not proud of it, but at the end of the day, it wasn't that bad, right? You know? <laughs> the other way. I, I'm kind of the other way around. Like, when I mess up and when I do fail, I carry a lot of the weight on me, that, and, and I think I take it way harder on myself than others outside might look at it and go, eh, that wasn't so bad. Um, oh, sure. yeah, he, he messed up, but it looks like he's gotten things turned right where that thing still bothers me to this day. Um, and I did a lot to, to resolve it, but John, how about you, man? Uh, just a quick note there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I think a lot of it determines on a lot of it determines is determined by your level of ownership, right? How much you take ownership of the failure, <laughs> Yeah, I could I could have blamed a lot of people. I mean, I could have blamed a bookkeeper. I could have blamed a partnership. I could have blamed uh, all the people that picked up and went and started their own business after that whole thing because – and, like, literally, like, started the business with the bookkeeper. And I'm like, dude, I got proof right here. They, like, literally stole from – like, I could say all that stuff, but I still own it. I'm the one that made the decisions that led to that. So it was a big failure in, in my world. 
I could sit there and wallow in my own self-pity and be a victim or do something about it. And hopefully I've done something about it. How about you, John? What what areas have you uh, struggled? We're just starting right off with vulnerability here. Yeah, <laughs> man. No, yeah, failure, listen, failure has been a part of uh, shaping who I am. I think that's, that's first and foremost, that's a really critical thing to understand, right? Is that, you know, the lessons learned from failure. I once had a, uh, a coach, you know, I played pro baseball. And so I once had a, an infield coach tell me, he said, um, experience is just messing up. He used a different word, but said experience is just messing up, learning from it. So therefore I'm a very experienced player. And he's like, so you need to think about that whenever you hear somebody say they're experienced. Um, so that being said, I'm pretty experienced. <laughs> um, I think like a lot, like Nathan said, I mean, I, I've dealt with lack of performance at a job um, in a role. I, you know, you could chalk it up to trying to find your place in the world or trying to find your purpose or who you are. But ultimately when it comes down to the results, they're, they, they were lacking. Um, hey, you know, first of all, I mean, I was a, I was a pro baseball player. I never made it, I never made it to the big leagues. Now to a lot of folks, they'd say, yeah, but you know, you played, you played in the pros, but to, to me, no, 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 no. Like you either got there. It doesn't matter how long you were there. Um, you either got there or you didn't. And I didn't. Um, so, and there's a whole lot that can, that can go into that if you want to, but ultimately I just wasn't, I wasn't good enough. I didn't make it happen. You know, I didn't perform when I needed to. Um, and I own it. I think, um, one of the biggest failures, some of the the biggest failures I've experienced in my life, whether it be like a, a character a character flaw or um, just a hard lesson learned, have been how I've handled conflict. Mm. And there, so I, I had a coach in college who was really. Uh, really like on top of me all the time. And it was, it was, it was, it was a toxic relationship that I allowed to happen. Right. Like I had, I have to own that. Um, I allowed it to happen. And then ultimately it, it, it (laughs) came to a head. Um, So it was a pretty, it ended up, it did not end the way that I would have liked it, but there was, and I learned a great lesson from it, but that's, that's, I see that as a big failure of mine because it severed a relationship for at least a little while. Um, and that's, I'm a very relational guy, so I don't want to do that. Um, but I learned that my being relational and not wanting to step in, you know, to that and, and direct that conflict um, ended up being the opposite of relational. It was not loving somebody else. So I, I would um, say that might be at the root of all relationship issues is not addressing an issue or confrontation early on, like heading it off of the pass. You kind of let it go. You let it go. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And then it's an absolute explosion where if you would have just talked about the beginning, uh, things might've gone better. We hope. The other thing I will say, you know, playing pro baseball, you get out a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Helps you understand failure a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that guy. I never saw a pitch I didn't like. So I struck out a whole lot more than you really should to play professionally. Um, so that's, yeah, being able to understand like, okay, you failed, but you've got to go out and play defense, right? You know, how, you, how you bounce back and how you uh, learn from failure every single time. Yeah, my, my baseball and basketball coaches both harped on it, like short memory. 
Short memory. It's over. On to the next thing. That thing has in the past. So we've kind of all shared that, hey, we got, we got problems just like everybody else. Hopefully everybody listening realizes they're not alone, that uh, when they mess up and, and, and things don't go well. From a business perspective, you know, we work with a lot of contractors and a lot of those contractors, you know, have varying degrees of failure and success. Um, but I, I was reading the other day about the difference between dream and vision. That was one of those things that's always kind of important to me. And vision being kind of more focused on your business, maybe even on your life and that you're striving kind of after something and, and it's an achievable something like, boom, I can do that thing. And there was a, a, a study done this several years ago that um, if you have a vision, your chances of actually succeeding at it are about 10%. You can increase that to up to 50%. The document said 70, but I don't think it's quite 70, but let's call it 50% if you write it down and share it with somebody in accountability. But our dreams aren't always something that we may want to share with somebody else. Um, it may be completely private and very internal to you, not from a positive or negative aspect, but it's just something that I want to do and it's kind of a little bit held closer to the vest. And the dream being more about your personal lifetime fulfillment. And we hear this example all the time, um, you know, if you're on your deathbed, right? Uh, what is somebody going to write about you, your eulogy? What would that be? Is that something that you would want to have written? And then also, what would you regret? You don't, you don't want to die with any regrets. And so that's kind of the way I look at a dream is like, did I actually achieve this thing I was after? And am I going to die with regret or not? Do you guys see it that way? I see the dream. I mean, yes, yes and no. Um, I, it's funny. I, I was having my wife and I, Ashley and I, were working oh. on our, our dream. Like what? What are we really shooting for here, right? What do we want this to look like? Our lives, our lives, the lives of our four kids at their respective ages. You know, we we, lay, we laid it out, <clears throat> and um, we came to realize that when we were writing things down, that our dream was a lot different than we had originally <laughs> said it was. I mean, just you know, for instance, we we always said we wanted to have a house on the coast. Um, we don't really want that because we'd like to stay in different places. Can, can I stop you for a second there? Sure. Have you, did you think about why you thought that was the dream? Like this house on the coast, like what was driving that? I think it's just the, it's, it's like the, a definition of being rich. Like of what everybody else tells you, you should be wanting, right? Of, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's the definition of success means you got a bunch of different houses and you go wherever you want, whenever you want. And, and um, ultimately, we realized that, yeah, we want to be rich, but we also really like spending money on stuff. And we also really like to go to, to on adventures. And so that means going to a different place, uh, not having a house in the mountains, but 
finding different cabins every year or wherever we go. So I would, I would challenge that like dreams are often not what we originally thought and they can change once we realize whether or not they are aligned with what we really love to do and hope to continue to do. Oh, you hit on something I want to talk about. Um, how about you, Nathan? Um, this whole idea of not having regrets. Does that, have to, does that have to do with your dream? I, first of all, I, I do think regrets are healthy. So I'll take a little different kind of perspective on that. Uh, I do think it's healthy to look back at your life and go, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to say that. I mean, I don't think it's healthy to, to dwell on it. Right. But if you can't look back at some part of your life and be like, man, that was a mistake. Uh, you know, I learned from it and I'm glad I have that knowledge, but I would never recommend somebody do that. If you don't do that, then to me, I would think you're probably lacking some introspection um, or you're wildly arrogant, perhaps. Um, but like we, we should probably look back at our life at certain times and be like, I do regret doing that. I regret having said that. Right? If you don't have any regrets, why would you ever apologize? All right? We apologize because we regret having done or said something to somebody else. And so I, b I believe that regrets are real and regrets are part of life. And so if you don't have any, then I don't understand what you could lean on to learn from in your past. Some people go, well, you know, mistakes are something you should learn from. So you don't regret your mistakes. And I'm like, BS, like, you know, you dumped all your money into this investment thing and then lost all of it. Are you looking back at that going, man, I'm really glad I did that. And I'm, I would rather not have that money anymore. Probably not. So that being said, um, I think that the, I think those dreams change. That's the thing. Like I think human beings, don't generally get fixated on one particular thing in their life. And that's just going to be the thing until they're dead. And they're going to chase after that thing. I think that they evolve. Um, I mean, your dreams when you were a little kid, what did that look like? I wanted to go to Disneyland or I really wanted to meet this sports player. Or really wanted to get an autographed baseball from this person. There's like, that would just be so amazing. And then, you know, you start getting a little older and you're like, I'd really love to make the team or I would eventually like to, to get into this particular college. And then as you get older, I feel like your experience and your worldview begin to expand. And as they expand, your understanding of your place in the world starts to shift. And so that dream can, can, can adjust and modify as you go. And so when you're laying on your deathbed, I mean, there's, I imagine somebody laying on their deathbed probably look back at their life and just be like, you know what? Like there were some good times and there were some bad times. Um, but I'm glad that I'm here. But a very rare, like you hear people say, well, I, you know, you're probably not going to lay on your deathbed and wish that you just spent one more day at work. <clears throat> right. Unless of course your work is something that plays into that passion and that component of who you are. Um, I mean, for example, I, and I was going to, thinking about this, like I'm in kind of a weird spot as far as dreams go personally. When I was, when I was in my early thirties, you guys may or may not know this. I'm pretty sure you do Jim, but I got a small taste of what consulting looked like. Um, and I was helping, excuse me, I was helping some companies and consulting with them 
um, from, from a software angle. And then I started to, you know, they would ask me questions about other parts of their business and turns out I was pretty good at it. And so I got this small taste of that and the fulfillment that came from that really started to excite me. And I started going, you know what, this coaching and consulting thing, I, I really like it. I think that's super cool. I think that maybe one day I would like to do that. And so I had this dream in my mind that eventually I could be a coach or a consultant for other businesses and for entrepreneurs and business owners. And in my mind, I saw that thing happening somewhere in my late forties and early fifties. That's what I expected to be able to build the experience. I started making decisions in my life, trying to get there. Lo and behold, 38 comes along and here I am. And now that's what I do 10 years early, earlier than I expected. And so now I've kind of found myself over these last couple of years going, I kind of hit my, I kind of hit my dream. I hit it 10 years early. Now what? It's always the now what? That's the thing. And, And so I noticed whenever you were talking, you talked about, uh, the, the, when we were a kid, and, and you had a bit of a theme to it. There, there was a sportsy theme to it. There was like, uh, I want to play the game, then I want to be on the team. There was like that kind of stuff. I think that's maybe what we're looking for. I, I had no idea this conversation was going to go this way. It just you, you kind of took it in that direction. Um, is there commonality? You see in the dreams evolve, right, over time. And uh, some of them, like in your case, you've achieved it. Hey, here I am, right? Uh, I I don't know if you're there yet, but no, just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get paid to do it. So whether I'm any good at it or not, that's something else. (laughs) But um, is there commonality between the things that we strive for that we can pin down that can then really be the dream. Mm. And so uh, I'm, I'm got a little bit more experience there, that word experience, right? In other words, I've failed a lot. Um, it's something that I've really dug into here lately. I'm getting older. Um, I'm wondering like, what does that end look like, right? And digging into this and Everybody talks about, you know, for every success, you have, you know, 10 failures and stuff like that. For the most part, I've been really either lucky or smart or something. I don't know. But I've had more successes than failures. Like, it's just gone pretty well. And anytime I do fail, I recover fairly quickly. Um, so that, that's been, it's been eye-opening, but I haven't felt fulfilled mm. until this. And so as I as I kind of dug in, I'm like, why well, I'm it was kind of a four or five year thing. I'd do it for four or five years. Challenge kind of went out of it, maybe. And uh, I'm looking for the next best thing. Or I'm actually creating excuses and reasons why I don't want to do this thing anymore, or that type of thing starts going on. And as soon as that starts going on, the writing's on the wall. Like you're gonna be changing, you're just putting it off. And uh, as I had some introspection over my most recent leaving, uh, which was nine years ago, 
which is wild that it's been nine years. Um, I started looking at it and going, what's, what's common? What's the common denominator in all of these leavings over a four or five year time span? Whether they were leaving on top or on bottom, it didn't matter. What was the commonality between each one? And uh, well, obviously one of them is me, right? Um, the other one is in the successes, I had the opportunity to coach other people, every one of them. The success, I had opportunity to coach other people, but it, it ended up hitting a, a ceiling of how far I could go with that. There was a limit to it. It wasn't like I could only coach this group of sales guys. Not all those other guys over there, but this group. And I could only go so far with helping um, clients at software company, right? Like I could only go so far with that. And, but I noticed that coaching thing, like that was, and I thought it was, a, it was like I was headed at this go coach basketball thing because I coached a lot of sports and teams over the time to, as well up to college level. And uh, I thought maybe that's what I was going to be after, but it wasn't really the sport. It was the coaching part. Have you guys noticed anything like that in your, like, as you're looking at these things you're doing and you kind of, Hey, I rise up. And it, it, you think about it, like at first we're, we're learning the thing. There's a lot of challenges. We're getting beat up and we're succeeding and we're going backwards and forwards. And finally we get enough competence to get confident, to feel a bit of comfort maybe. And then once that comfort comes, you're like, what's next? Have you guys seen some of that? And before you answer, we got to take a quick break. We'll come right back when we get your answers. All right. Little word from get the referral. Who doesn't love getting more referrals? GTR will make your referral game stronger than ever with our four-step process. First, engage with customers through job status updates and push notifications. Then, motivate your advocates to send referrals and earn rewards. Third, track and manage all of your results through your company's dashboard. And finally, sit back and enjoy achieving up to 40 times ROI. GTR is the number one referral platform for contractors. So book your demo today at gettthereferral.com. Guys, if you have not used Get The Referral, it is time. Um, it is the best tracking tool for all of your referrals. Um, it also allows you to uh, reward them if they give you referrals, tracks it all, keeps all up to date, super automated, makes your life easier, and uh, pretty much guarantees you you're going to get more referrals. So, guys, commonality. Have you noticed anything like that as you've gone throughout your careers? I certainly have. I, to me, it jumped out with, and I'll admit, I've, I mean, I went to three colleges. I, uh, that was, you know, there was an injury and then a redshirt year and then a, a junior college year and then a four-year college year. And so three different colleges. Um, work was a lot of that, like what you said, it was getting in, learning, building comp confidence and competence and seeing success and then moving on to something else. There's a whole lot. Of, that's been the story of me to this day. But the thing that really jumps out of me is maybe not necessarily, well, the commonality, as it were, was the role that I played 
at every single one of these stops. Um, when I say that, I mean like what role did I play on the team? Was I the superstar? Was I the role player? Was I, um, I mean, so I, and I noticed that I was every single place I went, I was kind of the utility player. I was, a, I was very relational. I was the, the safety valve for guys who wanted to get things off their chest in English or in Spanish. That's why I had to learn Spanish. <laughs> the, the, the Latin guys needed somebody to talk to as well. Um, but I, that's, that's what I noticed. And so whether it was on a, in sports um, or in the business or in the business world, there was just this commonality that that's the role I played every stop that I, that I made. I would get on a team. I would earn the respect of those there. I did well. Sure. I performed, but ultimately there was the, there were these relational aspects of helping people feel safe, um, bringing value, right. Off, offering advice and timeliness and caring, um, being a Schult, being just a, you know, um, being, somebody they could offload things to was, was always and helping somebody feel safety and safe and understood has always been just a, critical to me. And then and also a lot of the times that was playing the role of the person who bridges the gap in communication between leadership and everybody else. Right. And I really got, I got a lot of, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that. Um, so it doesn't matter what team I'm on, I would eventually find my way into that role. I think that it's really critical Everybody out there who started a business, who started their contracting business, um, or you are you're a team player, you're you're a teammate on a, in a contracting business. Um, but you can think like that too. You can look back and say, you know, look at where you came from. Even in high school, if you got got into this right out of high school, like what role do you play in your friend group? Do you, do you typically play um, your previous jobs, or if you played sports on the sports teams? What role did you play? What role did you play that made you feel good, right? When you felt like you were bringing your most to the team, right, or to the organization, it could be flat-out superstar, I mean, Michael Jordan, leading like that, but or it could mean something different. And I and I would just say that we, you can't abandon that just because you're now a business owner doesn't mean you should abandon who you are and what you really excel at. I think, and that could um, that could facilitate your leadership. And what kind of leader you are. Uh, but that's been a commonality for me that I've noticed, Jim. How about you, Nathan? Um, <clears throat> what role have you played? <laughs> I've played I've played a lot of roles. I've definitely been uh, I've definitely been the 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 reliable cheerleader who's always on board. I've been um, the the person that gives the pushback. Uh, before for certain, you know, when it, when, when things were coming up or ideas are being made and, and somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta step in and point out some things. Uh, I've played the role of, um, the, the, the trusted advisor before. Um, and I think, you know, amongst at least in my friend group, I probably have that one quite a bit where if somebody really wants to ask some serious or deep questions about some things, they tend to come over and talk to me about that kind of stuff. Um, and I, but I've, you know, I've, I've played the villain before too. Uh, I've, I've, I've been, I've been the, the bad guy in, in, in some people's lives before as well. And I don't mean bad guy in a good way. I mean, bad guy in a bad way. And so it's, you know, I've played a lot of different roles and the one, the, the common thing I've seen 
for myself was it, it didn't take too long before I figured out that um, growth, like financial growth didn't really matter that much. It matters as far as you got to pay your bills and you got to take care of your family. So that I believe in a hundred percent. So don't hear me that wrong that way. But at the end of the day, the thing that I started to discover very quickly, excuse me, was, um, is this next move going to, going to create an opportunity for me to grow? I was, I didn't take very long before I started becoming very concerned with, with my opportunity to try, try my hand at different things in life, um, different positions, different areas of expertise where I could learn and whether I could grow as a person by either taking this job or moving to this position or shifting to a different company. And money was actually a secondary thing. I cared less about the money as I did whether or not this thing was going to be an opportunity for me to grow as a person. Because if I can grow as a person, that means I have more to offer. And the more I have to offer, um, the more I can benefit people around me and everything else will probably take care of itself. Yeah, the more valuable you become. So I, I'm going to go back and you said you played a lot of roles. Any of them that gave you joy? I like, I like the deep conversations. I like the deep conversations. I like the deep thinking. Um, I like vetting out and parsing ideas. And I like helping people. I had, a, I had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago with somebody who is asking for advice on how to deal with, um, with being a female, a young female in a company full of dudes who are all older than her and had also been there longer than her, but she was their boss. And so she was having some struggle with these guys. And so we started talking. That's where the conversation started. Where the conversation ended um, was a wildly different place. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and the moves that she may need to make now in her life based on where that went. That right there, not that I like to jump in and just upheave everyone's world, but that kind of stuff right there. That excites me. I love that. That's real impact in people's lives because, you know, you can you can teach somebody all kinds of different things. And some of those things are going to have a major impact and some of them are going to have not so great an impact. But that kind of stuff where somebody's life is like that, that's big for me. I love that role as much as I can play it. That's so well because I know who you're talking about. Because I, <laughs> I know I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> no, like we, we, we didn't know that each of us talked to this person. That's pretty well. I, I just want to throw out there that like Nathan, to me, it, um, <clears throat> these skills or these commonalities that we've both talked about are what we leverage in our roles now, right? Like in coaching and like I leverage my ability, the you know, uh, lowering resistance and creating safety and engaging and vulnerability and offer you know and, and offering advice and your, and your ability to go deep right and quickly is is can be so challenging and so inspiring. <laughs> so I, it's it's I just I just don't want to be lost on the listeners and the viewers that like your your commonalities of who you are, what brings you joy, and what you're really good at they fit really nicely into your current role. 
if you if you allow if you're intentional about it. I heard somebody I heard somebody put it this way, and I thought it was very interesting. And this is a very self discovery type exercise. But what what are the things that you do as a person that it does not matter where you are or what happens to you, you're going to do that. Like if somebody just picked John up, went whoop, pulling you out of Florida, and I'm going to go drop you in Japan where you can't speak the native language and you don't know anybody, John is still going to be John. Like he's still going to do the things that are John. Like what are those things? It's a really, it's a heck of a question to ask. Okay. I heard you put John on the spot, but I'm going to put you right back on it. What would those things be for you? <laughs> um, for me, it would probably, it would probably be um, develop impactful relationships uh, as quickly as I can get plugged into uh, people and groups of people by wanting to positively affect their life. I seem to kind of do that regardless of where I am. And I'm, and I, and I do think that I'm genuine about it. People don't think I'm just trying to get some dirt on them or that I, or that I want to know about them for the purposes of leveraging that knowledge against them. I, I don't feel that way. I don't want that. And I think that that comes across. And so I think people trust that and they want, they, they enjoy that, that level. And I think I would do that. I would probably find, um, find people who, who needed help and, 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 and relationship, uh, and, and probably connect that way, no matter where I'm at. I can't wait to get my answer to this. John, how about you? You got picked up and moved. What would you do? Picked up and dropped in Japan. Japan. What would, what would John yeah, I, would, I would get Google Translate, you know, <laughs> chat and leverage that immediately. <laughs> get really good at it. Uh, no, likewise, I think that I would quickly be able to uh, empathize that, hey, I feel like I'm in a new place. <laughs> you know, I, I think I would draw out empathy from others. Hey, I'm in a, I'm in a new place and this is, uh, I need safety. You know, I need, I need people. I need support. I need, I, I want to enjoy it. Um, you don't have to like me, but I want you to like me. Uh, <laughs> and then I would, uh, yeah, and, and ultimately build from there. Just build a network of people that, and that's kind of what I do now, is it just build a network of, I feel like I'm that guy that has a, a bunch of close friends, right? That spread out all over the place because we, play ball together and they live everywhere. But um, like a lot of people that I would say are my best friend. So I think that that's, yeah, that's where I would, um, that's how I would, that's how, I, yeah. If you put me in the middle of nowhere, I would just find somebody, you know, draw out some empathy and get some help, <laughs> get some help and then offer to help. How can I be of value, right? You two had very similar answers. Like you kind of plug in, right? Connecting and all that. <laughs> so opposite i would be like where's the closest fly fishing or thing i can do outdoors by myself uh where's the closest golf course jim would definitely find a place to play golf um i would also problem solve like anywhere like that's just a natural thing for me anywhere i go whatever i'm looking at whatever i can go to a restaurant i'm like 
they can improve that. Or here, here, what do you guys think about doing this? And do it from a very question asking situation. Just kind of always how I've been wired. And whoever was crazy enough to hire me would, what they're going to get from day one is like, hey, how do we make that more efficient, more effective, get more out of it, use our time more wisely. And that would be regardless of wherever I'm at. Um, It's just, I don't know, a little different, I guess. Um, All right. So we've kind of covered all that. I I thought that was pretty good. Maybe nobody cares about listening to us. Um, So one of the things that study, I'd seen that many, many years ago, but I saw a recent one um, because I'd never seen one on this before. I'd always seen one on vision, right? Very business oriented. That's the kind of books I read and self-improvement and all that other good stuff. But, um, you know, this idea of achieving our dream has been really uh, on my mind for the last uh, several years. And uh, so I was looking into some studies on it. And the studies were showing that people were asked in the, the latter years of their lives if they had achieved their dream. And 97% said no. Mm. 97%. Now, is that just an age thing and you don't think you accomplished everything you should accomplish? Or is that a genuine thing? Like, hey, I had this dream and I thought I really wanted to do it, but I didn't. I don't know. I I, I feel like I would have to, like, look at the study and find out what look, what was the the parameters of, of what they asked, because, you know, they were all, um, they were all entrepreneur or slash business folk. Um, they were all very latter years, like eighties plus mm. um, the, um, and the concept was, did you achieve either your dream or your life goal? Do you feel that you did that? And 97% said no. Um, I was a little bit taken aback by that, to be honest with you, because me in the younger self going, hmm, when I get there, what am I going to say, right? I, I want to be in the 3%, not the 97, <laughs> if I can. And and then the next step kind of was, how do we flip that number? Anytime I see numbers like that, the 80-20 rule, this whole 93, 97% deal and 3%, like, how do you flip that? I don't want people to go down that road. There's that problem solving thing, right? I see a problem. How do, how do we fix it? Um, do we sometimes make our dreams so big that they're not achievable and thus we feel like failure? I think that there's two I mean, considering that study, entrepreneurial minded, entrepreneurially minded folks probably will never be satisfied. Right? Probably still saying, "Man, there's things that I could do," you know, to get to reach that dream. But oh, but I think that really, whether or not it's too big, ultimately means that you 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 have you have established your dream. Like I think that maybe the lack, I think the issue with discovering that you've not accomplished your dream or your life goal is, I don't, I'm not sure there's a lot of clarity around it mm. is what I want to go after. 
so that you can objectively say I did or I did not. Otherwise, so that, was, that was the crux of the, the study. That's well, that you're John's poking because that was going to be my answer. My answer was going to be like, well, how many kids dreamed of being an astronaut? Like a lot of them. How many kids actually become an astronaut? Not very many. Are the people who didn't become an astronaut okay with the fact that they didn't become an astronaut? Most of them probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, that was my dream, but I didn't become an astronaut. And yeah, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I My life went a different direction. I'm happy with. So you're, you're hitting on where I was at with it. So the question really is, was that really their dream? Mm. Like, that's the question. And so John, I think, nailed it too with, I don't think people are actually clear on their dreams, so they can't answer that question correctly. So they have to go to whatever was in their head at some point, which yeah. was, I want to, you know, I want to be a, a multimillionaire. And that was the last thing that they really thought was a dream. And then they're like, no, I didn't achieve that. That's exactly where I went with it on this. So cool yeah. that that just happened. And so back to the problem solving thing. Okay. So if that's what I believe actually happened, how do we fix it? How do we find clarity on our dreams? And so I'll start because this has been a big challenge for my entire life. I'm a guy of faith. So there's this thing battling in me all the time. There's God's path for me and what he wants me to do. And then there's Jim Johnson going, hey, I want to achieve some things and do some things. And I want those two things to be aligned if I can. And I always question whether they are, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people of uh, Christian faith or maybe any kind of spiritual faith probably feel the same thing. Um, which is why I think we end up focusing on the wrong thing. We end up focusing on that end re result thing that we're doing, which a lot of people would call our why, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing internally on who. Like, who am I and what am I about? The level of impact I have in doing who I am, I don't think matters as much as we sometimes give it weight. I think doing what fulfills us based on who we are, I don't know if I'd have a whole lot of regrets. I have a lot of regrets before kind of getting to that point of self-discovery or whatever you want to call it. But since then, or since that time, yeah, I haven't always met every goal I've tried to get to and everything, but I don't feel like I've necessarily failed either. Well, you don't regret who you are. Yeah. And so that, I think that's different than saying that I don't have a regret. Like I, I'm for the most part, okay with Nathan. Like, <laughs> maybe that's 80, 20, I don't know. But like, but for, I don't really regret who I am. And I know that so much of how I've lived have brought me to being where I am. And, and I'm, and I am grateful for being as developed as I am, it, you know, also realizing I've got a long ways to go, but I'm grateful for being right here, right here and right now and who I am. Um, but I think that living in your lane thing is so huge. Um, you know, like, like if you had a, 
if you had a, a, a I'm trying to think of an analogy because that's always one of my ways. Like you've got a, 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 a five foot, five foot, 10, 210 pound guy. And you're, and you're trying to, you're, you're trying to make him a wide receiver. And he's just getting blasted out there because the corners are all over six foot and, you know, 20 pounds lighter and twice as fast. Right. So not going to have a real good time as a wide receiver. You make that person a fullback or running back. And now all of a sudden, like who they really are, they're running in that lane much more successful. Now, now here's here's an interesting little spin on it. Even if even if that person would that that guy I described would have remained as a as a wide receiver and the team won the Super Bowl, probably now gets a Super Bowl ring with everybody else, but probably still would have had more fun and enjoyed their life and enjoyed their contribution as a running back. He knows. He knows too. I my, I have experience with this person. He knows that he didn't play a role in the actual success of that team, or at least not the role that he had in his mind of playing. And so while he may have that ring, this happens to athletes all the time. They sit on the bench the whole entire time and they get a, get a ring. I mean, do you feel the same as Jordan with a ring? Probably not would be my guess. I would have probably used basketball as the analogy, five foot ten guy at the post, but that's just me. <laughs> Moved into point guard now, we're great, right? Um, you said something pretty important there. Um, the loving ourselves part um, and being comfortable with who we are. I think we get bombarded every single day with who the world thinks we need to be. We need to solve world hunger or provide clean water or be super involved in my church or just any of these things, right? Like from big to small that everybody else is saying that's the way you should be and that's what you need to do. And we don't, we don't really want to do it. It's not who we are. Um, I can tend to press sometimes because I want to solve all the world's problems, but I've gotten much more comfortable with, how about I just help work on the problems that I have some direct involvement with? The ones that are right in front of you. Yeah, I got plenty of those. Why am I trying to solve everybody else? And how about just two people instead of a billion um, or seven billion or whatever there is on the planet? I've gotten much more comfortable in that because that's the thing in front of me um, and it fulfills me like hey if i can help one person all good how do we how do we get there like we've talked about it, like you know the failures and that stuff but is it just an experience thing like, you just go through life and now you've dealt with enough crap that you start going out now, and, and is that complacency? Is that settling? Is that like going, hmm, I guess I'm not going to solve those huge, big things. So I'm going to step it back to this littler thing. I don't feel that way, but I think a lot of people might be there. <clears throat> I think that. 
a lot of us, I mean, the word that's coming to my head is impact, right? Just impact. And I, while I feel that many, some of us are called to in, feel called or led to impact at a huge level, and some of us are called or feel led to impact at a very small level, I think that we, I, yeah, and I was thinking about this while you're talking. I think we are all, <laughs> we all feel a tug to create an impact somewhere. Um, and so how do we make it happen? Like, I don't think, I don't think there's a complacency, but the impact of how I can impacting one life, one person, one in this lifetime can have ripple effects for generations. Right. I mean, the, the impact I make with what's right in front of me. And so I, but I think that ultimately it comes down to, are we, do we have that pull to create impact? Um, to have a to have purpose here to serve, I think that a lot of that a lot those are some answer questions that need to be answered. Um, but then, how do we do it? I think it kind of goes back to that, that that role that we're talking about, that role that you play, your sweet spot, and how you how you help and how you serve, um, how you create impact is unique and special to you. And what if I do, what if I don't know my role? How do how do I how do I figure that out? You mean the, uh, the, like the role I play no matter where I am? Yeah. Like, like we have some inclination. We've, we've been around for a little bit now. Right. But uh, you two are pretty di different. You're like, my role has always been this. Nathan's like, I was that. And then it was this. And then I was that over there. Although I would challenge him on that and start to ask which one was the one that was your lane. Right. Which one was the one you go, oh, man, I, I like that. And you kind of talked about it a little bit with uh, that consulting thing. You're like, hey, that's pretty cool. But you also ran, have run in that lane, and you're still going, is there more? Sure. And so how do you, how do you get to this place where you go, yeah, I know what more is? Because I – and I think we all go through these seasons in our life where I, I wonder if that's not going on with you a little bit. Gone through, gotten competent, confidence, going good. Things are great. It ain't done yet, though. I, I think that there's there's phases. And so part of me thinks that, yeah, like because you asked earlier, like, is that an age thing? I've definitely met people who are older than me that are down the road a little further, right? Who, who haven't, haven't figured it out. Right. Like, and there's still, there, there's like, there's far too much nuance to make this simple. I think that there are people who, who haven't done very well at gaining wisdom as they got older and they still battle and, and, and don't really look functionally much like a different person now than they did 15, 20 years ago. To me, that's a sad, I, that makes me sad. Like to see somebody who, who I'm like, this person's like 60 some odd years old. And honestly, like, I don't know where you started, but I don't know how much, there's not a whole lot of growth here. Like I, I know 30 year olds that are more mature than you, like what's happened. That's sad to me. So, but at the same time, I think that there is a natural progression as people get older and begin to learn more about who they are and what they value. 
and then be able to let go of some regrets. Like people like, man, I could have gone pro. I could have gone pro. It's like at some point they go, I didn't, and I'm okay with it, right? Uh, I look back and I look at like, I look at um, being a little older now and seeing what pro athletes go through to be a pro athlete. It's a lot. And when you're eight years old, you don't realize how much of your life you're going to give up to hit that. I think about Olympic athletes. It is their life. It is their, I look back and I go, man, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't have that drive because I got to do a whole lot of stuff that if I'd have been an Olympic athlete, like I wouldn't have got to do that because I'd have been spending my every waking moment on whatever that sport is. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's a lack of drive. I just think it's a different drive. So, right. I think it is a different thing. And so, but I think as you get older, the, the, I've always said that the key to, the key to growth is self-awareness. So if you can increase your self-awareness and then continually be able to know what's valuable to you and like you, Jim, I'm, I'm a guy with some faith and some things that are outside of myself. And I believe that those things get put into you. And so discovering those things and then figuring out how to live in a way that you're, you're consistently chasing after the things that were put inside you that are valuable to you. Cause I think that they are different for different people. And I think different people have different capacities. How many amazing, powerful human beings have lived and nobody knows their name. I submit to you probably millions of amazing human beings have walked this planet and we don't have books written about them. We don't have giant gravestones marking where they are. We don't have, you know, uh, a lot of history, but those people existed. And just because they existed and died and nobody knows that they existed doesn't mean that they didn't have an impact. Yeah. Two of the greatest people I know you don't have a book written about. One's my grandfather and one's my wife's uncle. Most impactful human beings on the face of the planet in my world. And on many others, but not that many, right? But down the line, generational, like John said earlier, who knows what impact they may have. And see, to me, that's enough. That example was set to me that that was enough. And being cool with being enough, I think some people may associate that with complacency. I don't see it that way. It doesn't mean I don't, it doesn't mean I quit working on getting better and growing and all that other stuff. But for right this second, I'm enough. And tomorrow I'll be just a little bit better and that'll be enough. And the next day and the next day and the next day. Well, what's Where the motivation, you, right? What's that? What's the, well, what's the motivation? That's another key thing to ask yourself. When somebody's like, I just have this drive to do this thing. That's okay. Is it all about you? Right? Because I think that, especially in our industry lately, like the, the legacy and impact have become this really like huge thing. Uh, and everybody's trying to talk about it all the time. Uh, and some people do a pretty good job of it. And some people don't. But what I, what I realize is that two generations from that, one generation from now, there's a really strong possibility nobody's going to know who Nathan Thibodeau was. Right? I'd argue that, but I, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm okay with it. 
How many generate, think about the greatest person that you've ever met in your entire life. Anybody of you that are listening, how many people know that person? And well, how many people will know their name in two generations? So then my question is not necessarily like, what are you going to leave behind? It's what are you doing now? Exactly. What are you doing now? If I helped as many people as I possibly could, and I died penniless because I dumped everything I had into others and nobody knows my name, I think that's a good death. That's a uh, good life. It's like a, almost a mic drop. <clears throat> um, I don't want to do that. This is expensive. Yeah. Um, I think so many people, and just in a, a little bit of a, like, maybe cut it down to Reader's Digest. I think so many people fail to achieve their dreams because they don't have clarity on who they are and what they're doing. And being okay with who they are today. Mm-hmm. Always looking at what am I gonna do with this thing in the future? And as of today, I'm just trying to impact the listener. Who's listening to this? Might be one person, might be a couple hundred, who knows? But I hope it impacts one. Heard one thing that made a difference. I'm good with that. And if it doesn't make an impact at all, I'm actually good with that too. It gives me an opportunity to get better. Why, why can't that be enough? I think there's so much of like, I got to do something amazing to be seen as enough. I'm reading this book right now. It's mind boggling. I would have put it down by now, uh, but it's about the Wisconsin Badgers. So I like the Badgers, (laughs) but, but the book is called intentional mindset. I can't remember who gave it to me. Somebody suggested it. There are, 10 components of this intentional mindset and underneath each of the 10 components are seven um, things that you got to do. I'm like, that's 70 freaking things to have an intentional mindset. How about this? How about I just be quiet for 15 minutes a day and be intentional about my time and what I'm going to do that day? How about that? It can be that simple. Um, We get so bombarded with what everybody's telling us to do and believing that that's the thing I'm supposed to do. I think Reggie Brock, our friend kind of hit the nail on the head with that. We, we could stand to listen more internally than to be bombarded by information externally. I think we're also, sorry. I was just, I think we're also being conditioned to, uh, to say that there is no there is no such thing as enough. <laughs> Who's the happiest person you know? Gosh, probably my wife. I've met your wife. She's an amazing person. And I would agree with you, man. She's like always in joy mode. You guys don't have big fancy house and fancy cars and airplanes and jetting off all over the country and all the other stuff. And she's happy as a clam all the time. Yeah, she's always happy. (laughs) 
my one-year-old. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's pretty awesome. Uh, let's go with adult. Who's the happiest adult, you know? My mom. Wow. Um, and she has every excuse not to be. Yeah. Healthy <clears throat> health struggles going back quite a bit. Yeah. But man, oh man, just positivity. <laughs> that's why that's why I think attitude gives you amplitude. Your attitude can affect everybody around you. And sometimes that can be enough. Don't get so caught up in the dreams that the world expects you to achieve. Connect with who you are and achieve a little bit more each day. Do we need a dream? Now I just opened this up to a longer conversation. We might have to break this into We need one. I I I think it's good to have something to to shoot for. I think it's good. I, I think it builds character. First of all, it helps just understanding what that thing is. I think is is a, is a road of self discovery. Okay, just trying to figure out what it is you do want to try and get after, and then being able to apply yourself towards accomplishing a thing. I think builds character, and then failing to get there probably the most amount of characters <laughs> like like that I, I like success is a terrible teacher right so achieving it feels amazing not achieving it is an opportunity for growth so i think we should have some dreams and i think we should have some goals and some things that we press towards but realize a couple of things number one your identity is not wrapped up in them you are not that thing which means that if you don't achieve that thing, that you're now some sort of failure or loser. I don't, I don't think you should wrap your identity up in those, which is, which is once again, I think we get preached and conditioned to wrap ourselves up, right? What do you, what's one of the first things you ask somebody, what do you do? And we know that they mean work. What if you ask somebody, who are you? Right. They'd be like, I think that's a fantastic question. I would love to have that answered way more than what do you do? I mean, what I, I'm, I'd be more interested in the answer to that question because honestly, like there's a lot of people that have jobs that aren't particularly glamorous. They're not real glamorous, you know? And so if you said, what do you do? And they go, this is going to be really boring. I'm whatever, fill in the blank. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're not an interesting person because it's not who they are. And so, Dreams, I think, are necessary. I think goals are necessary, and I think you should have them. But you got to watch out. You got to keep those guardrails around that thing. Number one, they're they are not your identity. Number one, and number two, um, you're not necessarily always the number one force in whether or not they get accomplished. Sometimes, sometimes things happen that aren't your fault, and you should allow that weight to come off of your shoulders. I mean, there are people right now that don't have a home don't have a job, lost everything they had. They don't have any food because a tornado ripped through their, through their town and shredded their home and the place that they work and their cars and everything. 
And that wasn't their fault. So those two guardrails, I think, should be in place. But in my opinion, I think goals and dreams are, are good and they should be had. I would agree. Um, I, I interviewed a guy a few weeks ago, and he said something that really stuck with me. Yeah, he, one of the people he was working to is like working for or working with or telling that he was going to start this business. I was like, how are you going to be any good at that? He said, because my want to is enough. Mm. It sounds so simple, right? Like, and I think you could just hear that and let it go past you in most cases, but it really hit me. And uh, I think that's what the dream thing is all about. Is your want to bad enough? What do you guys think? And, and here's a question. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. This is going to be, you know, it'd be interesting. Uh, first off, the, the question you asked, um, the uh, who are you? I kind of asked that question, and you guys may have noticed. I don't know. Have you ever heard me ask somebody, or have I asked you directly? I think I have for sure, at least with John. What trips your trigger? Because I think people will tell a little bit more about what they're interested in than what they do. But um, this idea of your want to being enough, you, you, you put that thing together, like when I kind of digested it afterwards, the want to, right? And then enough. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's just right. Little Goldilocks reference there. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was actually really insightful for, and I don't know if he intended it that way, but um, is that a good definition of achieving your dreams that you want, you've got something out there and you want to is enough to do it? I heard a guy. I heard a guy say once. Uh, he said my buddy. My buddy told me that I wanted. I want. He said I want six. I want a six pack of abs. And he said, "No, you don't. <laughs> your diet's going to change, and your exercise program. Yeah. If you wanted it, <laughs> if you wanted it, you'd have it. You know. And you, you figure out what it takes. You might be like, eh, maybe a four pack." Or how about just one single ab? I'm good. Do you realize how many six packs you're going to have to work off to get off yeah. <laughs> down to one six pack? That's, uh, so, so that that being said, that yeah, the want to supersedes the distractions and obstacles to a certain degree can, right? Yeah, like I'm I, afterwards, you know, I was thinking about that statement. And I'm in the middle of this whole 75 hard thing. For those of you that have not um, heard about that, um, you can go listen to Andy Frisella's um, episode 208, his podcast, and go learn all about it. But um, it, it's not a new thing. It's been out there for you know several years now. And I've always really kind of avoided it and not been about it. And I don't want to follow the crowd and all the other good stuff. And in all honesty, I knew I needed to do something. I got put on the spot with it on a podcast. So you guys can go watch that podcast if you want uh, with my physical therapist. 
And it was a whim to say yes, which I don't, <laughs> I try not to make decisions like that. But once I decided to do it, my want to has been enough so far. I'm mm. 52 and a half days in and, uh, and my want to is enough. So I dug into that, like, okay, why is my want to enough? Why wasn't it a week ago? Why is it like I knew I needed to do it, but the want wasn't there. I want, I didn't want it badly enough. And, uh, as I dug into it, there was a, how I feel aspect of things to it. Just generally, physically, mentally, the whole bit, there was, an achievement aspect, which is part of my nature and who I am. I like competition. I like to, I like to do things like this, but really the want to, for me that made it enough was a combination of factors that all brought it to a head that I have a responsibility to be here as long as I can be here. Cause I got things to do. I have, information and experience and hopefully a little bit of wisdom that I might be able to assist people with. I have a grandson that I want to have an impact on, want to be a part of his life. I had a grandfather that was very good that way. I would like to be the same. And so when you pile up all those little things on top of each other, it needed that one little thing, that one more thing that says, okay, now my want to is enough wasn't before now it is you guys ever go through anything like that like you knew you needed to do something and you just didn't do it and then all of a sudden you did well I just want to point out I mean we started this thing talking about failure um, I've tried 75 hard now what is it three no twice and not made it through there's you know sickness and things that are whatever excuse you want to use but if Jim experienced what I had experienced, he would still be going. <laughs> he would still be going, right? So I think that ultimately it comes down to, right? Like, I, I don't, can I say that I want to complete 75 hard right now? No, because I would have done it, right? I would have, I, I would have put, I would have done what I, need, I needed to do. So I think well, that's, I got to throw in the other critical factors. I had a doctor's appointment, high blood pressure, all that. They were wanting to put me on medication and that kind of stuff. That was a, another little oh, dipping point, but was it enough yet? Yeah. And I haven't really identified what the what the one was, other than maybe it was just my physical therapist being on that podcast and challenging me. Like, okay, big boy. Okay, now my one is enough all of a sudden. <laughs> um, if If you're out there and you're listening to this, and you don't feel like you're achieving your dream or getting to where you want to be, a couple of things. First off, you got to figure out who you are mm. and dig into that. Get quiet, listen, and, and really dig into what is it that gives you joy when nothing else is going on? There's no financial reward. Nobody's going to feed your ego. Your pride's not going to be rewarded. You just like to do it. Whatever that is. Then you got to figure out from there, 
a bit of clarity on where you're headed. Like what, what, with that knowledge, what can I accomplish with that? What can I do with that? And I got interviewed today for a book. I guess I'm going to have a chapter in a book. And uh, this was kind of along that vein. And I, and I used the example of uh, um, somebody that liked baking cookies. Like if that's what they settled on, they like to bake cookies. Okay. Does that mean that you're going to be a cookie baker? Or do you have a YouTube channel about baking cookies? Or is it the cookies or is it just baking and being creative and you want to bake a bunch of stuff? Or maybe you're going to have an online store. Or maybe you're going to have a silly YouTube channel about all your baking mistakes. There's a billion ways to take the thing that you're truly fulfilled by and turn it into something that can financially fulfill you too. John, you had your hand up there for a second. Oh, I too love baking cookies. You like baking cookies? Uh, yep. my, best, my best friend's mom likes baking cookies. She's the evil enemy right now. Um, you know, no cookies for me. I'm 75 hard. So get clarity on who you are, what you're after, and if you want to's enough. I think the people that don't achieve their dreams, they haven't had the pile of want, wants to have a, enough of it. Having a grandson wasn't quite enough yet. Disappoints me to say that, but it wasn't, or I would have done it the day he was born. What does that pile look like? It's a, it's a heck of a journey to go down. I mean, sometimes you figure out that the juice isn't necessarily worth the squeeze. We deal with this in coaching. Like, hey, Mr. Salesperson, you want to make 250, 300 grand a year? Okay, here's the roadmap. And then they go, yeah, maybe 150 is fine. <laughs> that seems terrible. <laughs> right? And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we don't know what we're asking for. I mean, sometimes we don't know somebody. I don't remember who I was talking to the other day and we were talking about uh, how how difficult it is to in a lot of cases to make half a million dollars a year. That's that's hard. That's really difficult. So people go, yeah, I want to make 500 grand a year. And you go, great. Here's what you have to do to get there. And they go, hmm, maybe I don't want to do that. Right. I mean, I had this conversation not that long ago. Somebody who said that they wanted to build a, a certain size company, this $15, $20 million company, and they expect to have children in the next few years. And I said, well, do you want to see those children? <laughs> because building a $20 million company means you're not going to see those children very often, at least not for a while, not for a while. Going back to the regrets conversation, I did that with children and I missed out on a lot of things, sacrificed sacrifice things that I don't know if having a company that size really made any difference. Yeah, you know, we, made, we made great money, but I can't ever get that time. I can always go make money. And and you don't, 
you don't hate yourself and it's, and your, your kids don't hate you. And, and it is what it is. Right. But that, that concept where you look back and you go, you know, I kind of wish I maybe went to a few more Braden's games, or I kind of wish that maybe I, I had spent a little more time with Annika when she was little itty bitty. Uh, or I kind of wish that I had done this thing with Heather or whatever it may be. Um, you can look back and, and feel that and that's okay. And it's okay to have that gravity because you can communicate that to somebody else when somebody else has got a couple little ones and they have these giant wild ambitions. There's nothing wrong with those giant and wild ambitions, but you need to realize there's a cost that's associated with pretty much everything. And so if you decide that you want to spend more time with your children, you probably never regret that, but it may come at a financial cost. Maybe your company doesn't get quite as big. Maybe you and the wife, maybe you don't make, you know, four or five million dollars a year. And so we're willing to spend that to spend the time with the kids because it does work in reverse. We do want that thing. You may be sacrificing some time with your children. And so I'm not going to judge anybody, but I would say count that cost. When you sit down and you look at this thing and you go, what do I want and what's most important to me and talk to people who've walked that road. Cause I, it's, it's a tough thing to say, but if you have somebody who spent a lot of time with their kids, can you find one who goes, you know, I kind of wished I hadn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but how many people can you talk to where you go, wh- who might say, I kind of wished I hadn't spent as much time at the office. Yeah. So like I said, I had regrets about that. But I also have some comfort in the fact that I went, you know what? This isn't important enough to sacrifice time with my kids. And I realized it early enough, Mm. um, thankfully. Man, a lot to unpack here. Uh, Great conversation, guys. Um, We're we're into this quite a I think we are going to break it into two. Um, any, Any final statements? Like, like for the folks out there, if they're trying to achieve their dream, any, any advice you want to offer them? <clears throat> the only thing I want to make sure that everybody listening knows is, you know, if you feel like, feel a pool, a pool that says, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not creating impact. I'm not living a dream. I'm not, what am I here for? <clears throat> that, you're made on purpose for a purpose. And just because you may not know what it is right now, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there, right, Nathan? Not okay to stay that way. Be a, I, I loved what Nathan said earlier about, you know, what, what what did it take for him to ultimately discover the roles that he he's played? And it was him being intentional about growth, about putting himself there. And the self-awareness to understand what I'm learning and what I can stand to learn even more. So I don't think, <clears throat> can't be scared to go grow, um, but also but also understand that there can be a reason <laughs> that you don't quite know what, your, you know what that purpose is or what that dream is yet. Um, so give yourself some grace. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, for those of you out there that I, th- I think that know, kind of have a really good sense of who you are, how can you make as much impact with 
the you know the people that are in your organization. Um, I think you know. I think you know how, and I think it starts with with who you are and what really what, what really fulfills you when you feel like you're doing something you were built to do. Um, it usually involves helping other people, and that's that's why you feel so great. And um, I would challenge you to to seek that and seek how you can implement it more and more and more into your daily life. That's, well, that's all I got. How about that's you, Aaron? <laughs> um, I, I think I would I would have to say you know to you got to you got to know yourself. Um, I think a lot of people screw up Shakespeare's quote and they misuse it. Shakespeare said, be true unto thyself, right? But the second half of that quote is so that you can be true to others. Mm. So it is not, it is not a statement about being selfish and it's not a statement about doing what's good for you and being the best you and all of you, 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 the whole point of that statement was so that you can be true to others. Cause if you're lying to yourself or you're trying to fool yourself, you're going to lie and fool others as well. And so don't, don't be afraid to, to do some of the hard work and it's not always fun. Sometimes when you get in that quiet place, like Reggie talks about as well on his podcast, Living Exposed, if you don't listen to it, shameless plug for Reggie's podcast, Live, Live, uh, Living Exposed with Reggie Brock, go listen to it. Don't be afraid to be in a quiet place and just deal with what comes at you. Don't use your phone, the TV, uh, video. Don't use stuff to try and silence it. Let it, let it come. That's that. That would be my thing. I would say just learn, learn as much about who you are, like John said, who you are and who you're made to be, and then start trying to chase it. And here's the thing: not one of us is a therapist, but if if you're out there and you want to talk to somebody about this, feel free to hit us up. We're here for you. We'll have that conversation um, and we'll, we'll listen. We'll ask questions and, uh, and we're here to help. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> none of us are therapists. None of us are trained. We're not here for that, but we, we can help people get some clarity. Uh, that's what we're good at. Um, you use Shakespeare's quote and I kind of have the flip side of that one. Um, Christ was asked what the most important commandment was, and he said to love God, and the second is like it, uh, to love uh, your neighbor as yourself. And I think the key word in that sentence was as, um, because I think we can kind of go both ways with that. We can be very much about loving ourselves, and we can be very much about loving others, and I think most of us focus on the loving the others thing and set aside ourselves to do that. And... Uh, you can't sacrifice one over the other. They need they need balance. You, as much as you're serving and, and helping others, you need to serve and help yourself. And that's where that growth, mental toughness, physical activity, strength, nutrition, all that other good stuff. If you don't take care of ourselves, we compromise our ability to take care of others. I want to extend Nathan's offer out there. If you're listening to this and you want to go uh, through a, a dream uh, coaching session with us. We'll do it for free. Doesn't cost anything and no expectations. Uh, you don't, 
you want to work, that's fine. You don't have to work with us. We want to help you. Um, it's what we do here. Because it's a hard and it's a challenging thing. And sometimes you get there better by having somebody to bounce it off of, somebody mm-hmm. to challenge you, somebody to go question you. And, uh, and that questioning and challenging brings clarity. So that's what we're here for. Thank you guys for hanging out on this two-part episode of uh, Contractor Radio. I made that decision at about <laughs> Mark 115. That's <laughs> why I love these conversations like this, though, because we kind of get to the point to where it really starts to dig in. Uh, may not be the most interesting thing for everybody out there. I don't know, but I know it was valuable to me, and I, I want to thank the two of you for uh, not not agreeing with me on everything. I like that. Like it helps to clarify what we're after um, to see people's perspective on things. So thanks, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, I'm gonna let you go and uh, hang out for a couple minutes. I'll be right back with you. All right, everybody, that was uh, Contractor Radio. Uh, I didn't exactly know where that was going to go for sure, and it did not go exactly where I was expecting, but I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it had an impact on you. I hope it caused you to pause for just a minute. Um, take some time, and this has been the best exercise I have ever done in my life. So if that holds any weight with you, it is worth your effort to do. And uh, I'm going to give one more shameless plug to Reggie Brock and Live Exposed. It was his suggestion to go be quiet for 15 minutes. First off, it's a long time to be quiet. In the first two or three minutes, you're going to be distracted with all the millions of thoughts going in your head. Let that pass and then start to listen. Just listen uh, for a minute and ask yourself a few questions. Am I being all that I can be? Am I being who I am? Am I impacting others in the way I want to? Am I achieving what my purpose and reason for being here is? I think those are great questions to ask and then shut your mouth, shut your brain and just listen. Um, Because if you listen, It might surprise you, it might challenge you, it might scare you, but it is what's inside of you and it's in your heart and it's what's tugging at you. And uh, I think you should pull that string, grab hold of it, let it pull you forward. And it might surprise you that your want to is enough. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us here at Contractor Radio. If you need help getting control of your business so you can grow your business, and achieve your personal and financial goals and freedom. That's what we do. And it's not all about how big you are. It's a little bit more about who you are. That's what we're wired to do. That's what we help with. Hope to see you. Go to contractorcoachpro.com and click on the assessment button. It'll give us a good idea of who you are and what your business is all about. And uh, then we'll do that dream call with you. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you on our next episode of Contractor Radio. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.